Do you not say, this is Jesus speaking. He's talking to His disciples. Do you not say, there are still four months, still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Exclamation mark. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Can you help me say those four words together, church? Just every campus, everywhere, if you're in a home, say these words out loud with me. Lift up your eyes. One, are you ready? One, two, three. Lift up your eyes. Say it again. Lift up your eyes. Do me a favor. Close your natural eyes. Just close them. Now this time I want you to understand Jesus is talking to His people. Say these words out loud like you believe that still the living Word of God is God's Word to you. One, two, three, lift up your eyes. I declare that over your people today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Slap a high five with at least seven or 10 people. Grab a seat, a fist bump, an elbow, whatever's COVID appropriate. Thank you so much to our team. You may be seated. When it comes to road trips, anybody done a road trip this summer? When it comes to road trips, there are only two types of drivers. There are the wanderers and there are the hurriers. There are the journey people and there are the destination people. If you are a wanderer driver, then you stop everywhere. You don't even overtake if there's a passing lane. You stop for a meal. You're prepared to wander the shops. You're not really in a hurry. You're wandering. If you are a hurrier, you are angry with what I just said. If you are a hurrier, there's only one thing you are concerned with, and that is getting there, comma, fast. Google Maps is always right in front of you. Come on, all my hurriers know what I'm talking about. And if you are a hurrier, you have one goal, to get the ETA time on Google Maps down as you make your way through the journey. If you are a hurrier, starvation is an acceptable cost of achieving your goal. Stopping is of the devil. You need a good bladder or dehydration if you're gonna be a passenger in the car of a hurrier because you're not getting a bathroom break, baby. On the other side, if you really wanna get there and you have a, a time that you need to arrive, do not drive with the wanderer. When they engage in conversation, their speedometer goes down. They aren't even aware of time. All my life, I've been a hurrier. I have competed with Google Maps since Google Maps was invented. In my mind, that's just the race of the moment. I remember one time when our kids were just very young. Will was so small, Lara was about maybe only three, four years old. We finished our Christmas Eve service at the Michael Fowler Center, then hopped in our car and drove non-stop to Auckland to be there for Christmas Day. 
For those of you who are outside of New Zealand, that's an eight-hour drive over 650 kilometers. Last year, after a lot of soul-searching, after thinking about things a lot, I decided that I was going to become a wanderer. And like everything else in my life, when I decided to become a wanderer, I embraced it hard. I went after it with everything that I had. My new rule was, if you wanna stop, we stop. If you wanna eat, we eat. There is shock in this auditorium, literally. There is like stupor, confusion, incredulation in this auditorium, but I became a wanderer. We drive now the speed limit. We only overtake for tractors. We're wandering. My wife and my children are quite weirded out by this radical change in my life. I'm not going to deny it. We set off to go on holiday just a couple of weeks ago. We had a seven-week drive ahead of us to the Bay of Plenty, and we started off on our journey. We got to Otaki. Otaki! That's one hour away from where we live. And my wife said to me, I'm hungry. I said, baby, I know a great cafe. And we pulled over, stopped, and had a meal. She kept looking at me like, is this something I need to know? We got back in the car, we got to tie happy, people needed a bathroom break. I'm just like, let's have a bathroom break. We wandered the streets, my son ordered sushi, I got an espresso. We left Thai Happy, we're driving through the desert road, and both my wife and my daughter, both strangely peaceful now, with empty bladders and full tummies. They've never known this on a drive with me before. And something changed, and they both fell asleep. Then my son Will had his headphones on, and so I just began to pray. And as I was making my way across the desert road, I came up over the crest of a hill, I was looking towards the horizon. I was in a state of prayerfulness. I love the desolation, the, just the, 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 the desolateness of the desert road. And as I made my way across, I just felt like the Lord just spoke into my heart and gave me a line of Scripture, a line of Scripture that I believe is for us today. And that line of Scripture that just came into my heart. I was praying for the year I was thinking about all the things that are in front of us, all the challenges that we face, the uncertainty, the ambiguity, all that we've been through, all that is still to come. And I felt like the Lord just spoke to me, but He spoke to me not just for me, but for you. And He said, lift up your eyes. With all that's going on in our world today, with the issues and the dramas, and the tragedies, and the pandemics, and the restrictions, and the interruptions, and the division, and the opinionatedness, and the strife, and the contention. It's so easy for us in this season of time, don't you think? Just to get tunneled down. It's a whole lot of people just in survival mode. We're just gonna hunker down and wait it all out. There's a few out there, I've experienced their venom personally, who are in retaliation mode just lashing out at everything that is wrong. Man, I'm seeing people, even Christians, that have just gone into this hedonistic mode. They're just gonna party away because the sky's falling, so we might as well enjoy the moment. But I just feel like God is saying to His people, there's a different way that you can view the world. 
than just the way your natural circumstances would lead you to view the world. There's another perspective you can have on what's happening in our world than what you can even see with your natural eye. I feel like God is saying to His people, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Be open for what God is doing. Search the horizon to see what God is about to do. Lift up your eyes. Be expectant for something greater. Review your expectation. I feel like God is looking for some Christians who are gonna become like Elijah's servant and search the horizon, even if you have to keep going seven times till you see the cloud that is only the size of a man's hand. Lift up your eyes. Jesus said lift up, that means to elevate. Your eyes, that means your vision. God's saying elevate your vision, church. See from a different perspective. This verse of Scripture is actually part of a private conversation that Jesus had with only His most intimate disciples. They are on a journey going from one place to another, and they pass through Samaria. While they were in Samaria, Jesus stopped, and He had a famous transformational conversation with the Samaritan woman by the well. If you know Scripture, you know the story. The woman has now departed, and she has gone back. And all Jesus' disciples can think about is who's had lunch today. And then Jesus looks at His disciples, realizing that He's just launched a revival while they're searching for sushi. And He said, hang on a minute. You are in the wrong mindset. You say there are still four more months and then comes the harvest. You have a mindset of enduring. You have a mindset of waiting. He literally says, you say there are still four more months and then. You have a mindset that is waiting and it's in delay. You look into the future for things to finally improve. And because of that, you're missing opportunities that are in the here and in the now. God is moving. Heaven is speaking. Chains are breaking. Revival is in the air. Miracles are on the horizon. God hasn't stopped moving. His power hasn't gotten any less. He's still the Alpha and the Omega, right? Right? He's still the beginning and the end. He's still powerful. If you believe He's bigger than COVID, could you just clap your hands? Bigger than economies, clap your hands. Bigger than pandemics, give God some praise for a minute. He says, lift up your eyes. Sometimes what we see is not what we should see. Sometimes our perspective, what we're seeing is based on what is happening around us rather than the potential that God has put on the inside of us. They thought that more time was needed. Jesus said the time is now. They didn't realize that there were possibilities there. Jesus said they are all around. They were caught in their present limitations and Jesus said everything is possible. Circumstances, natural rhythms, because Jesus is speaking about seasons. You say there's four more months and then the harvest because that's the seasons of life. We have autumn, summer, yes. We have spring, we have winter. And the natural rhythms of life have a way of becoming a determiner of what we see and what we believe is gonna happen. And with all of this 
COVID craziness that's around us, as we're entering into 2022, the truth is that there are many things that we can't do. We can't plan with certainty. <laughs> oh, hearing about red, I saw red this week. Did anybody else like, <laughs> I'm over it. I'm like, I'm not preaching to a camera. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get an 8 a.m. service here at the Arise Center. A hundred people can come and I'm just gonna preach to you in a camera, but I'm sick of feeling like I'm in a movie studio. I'm over it. There, we can't plan with confidence. We can't go overseas. The rest of the world can, but New Zealanders can't. We can't buy houses unless you've got a very, very clean budget. There are many things that we fear. All these new names, COVID, Delta, Omicron. Now interest rates are going to rise. ANZ Economist says that house prices will fall. I doubt that advice. But I have never seen a time in all of my life where there has been such an onslaught of fear. I mean, it's just everywhere. And I'm not minimizing the size of any of the real and relevant issues that we're facing in our world today. But I just felt God spoke to me. And I feel like God wants to speak to you and say, there is another way of seeing than just what you see with your natural eye. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. That's Jesus to his closest disciples, your mindset is wrong. Lift up your eyes. As we're starting into 2022, there's a key relationship, you see, because what you see will determine what you do. And what we do is inextricably linked to what God will do. So if we don't do what we need to do, God can't do what God wants to do so if we don't see what God wants us to see, then we're not gonna experience what God wants us to experience. What are you saying, John? I'm saying we play a role in our own breakthrough. We're not a bystander on the journey of miracle that God has for us in our lives. We are an active participant in watching the hand of God be our word. Come on, do you believe that? Jesus didn't tell us to pray because our prayers weren't powerful. He said they are powerful and that they could move mountains if we commanded the mountain to be moved. We play a role in our own breakthrough. In fact, there's a story in 2 Kings 13 that's just been going around and around in my head all week long. And it's a story based on a king by the name of Jehoash and the prophet who's Elisha. And uh, the, the king, Jehoash, is not a really strong believer in Jesus, but Jeho Elisha is one of the most powerful prophets in Scripture, an incredible prophet, a great man of God. And Elisha becomes sick. And this is the sickness that eventually takes his life. So he is frail. He's on his last embers and Jehoash goes to see Elisha. And when he gets there, he begins to weep because he knows that his kingship has been enabled, propped up, empowered by the fact that even though his faith is mediocre, Elisha's faith has prospered Israel on God's behalf. Sometimes you need a person of faith, by the way, 
to be close to you when you're in a mediocre season in your life. And if you are the on fire person and someone near you right now is not doing well in their faith, I just feel to stir you that your partnership in their life might be part of carrying them into the kingdom of God, into the right place where they should be. And so Elisha the prophet is dying and Jehoash begins to weep. He begins to weep and he says, oh, my father, my father, Israel, and he's weeping. And Elisha says to him, take a bow and arrow in your hand. So the king does. The king's holding them. And Jehoash says, open the east window. Then he puts his hand on the king's hands and he says, shoot the arrow. And when he shoots the arrow, he says, this is the arrow of victory. Victory over the Arameans, which was a nation which was tormenting and destroying Israel. He said, you're gonna have victory. You're gonna have prosperity. You're gonna have peace. This is the end of your season of fear. Then the prophet asks Jehoash to do one more thing. The first time he put his hands on him, the second time, he says, okay, now take some arrows in your hand. So the king grabs some arrows and, Je uh, the, and Elisha says to Jehoash, I want you to strike the ground. So he strikes the ground, but he only strikes the ground three times. And you get the feeling that when he struck the ground, he did it half-heartedly. He did it reluctantly. He just kind of lightly does it, maybe a bit cynical, and he finishes. Don't you love a Christian who's the opposite of cynical? I mean, we're in the middle of these songs this morning, we're singing, come awaken your people. And I'm like jumping like a jack-in-a-box in the front row. I'm saying, John, don't sing, don't sing, don't sing. You haven't preached live since August. Don't sing, don't sing, don't sing. You need to keep this voice, don't sing, don't sing. But I'm like, come awaken your people. Like, I love people who are passionate, but he's just like, you know, just, is this what you want? Does it three times and he stops. And the prophet gets so angry. He says, you should have struck the ground at least five or six times. And then you would have had complete victory. Now you're only gonna defeat Aram, that's the nation, three times. Now remember, he's just prophesied complete victory. This is the arrow of victory. You will completely destroy the Arameans. Now he's saying you will only defeat them three times. And that's what I couldn't get out of my head this week. Because there is a relationship between prophetic potential and human response. Between what God could do and what we must do. There's a relationship between what God says is possible and the power of our expectation and actions to determine whether that will become a reality. In Scripture, we always see this tension between the perspective of God and the perspective of people, how God sees things and how we see things. And what we do with what God declares possible is going to make all the difference in the world. I feel like as we're starting into 2021, what God wants to, 22, what God wants, it feels like that, doesn't it? Another year of more of the same, but anyway, it's not because God is speaking into our hearts today. And this is the Word of the Lord. 
Don't determine what you see based on what your natural eye can perceive. Don't just listen to your news feed. Don't just listen to your neighbors. You don't have to just dial into a 1 p.m. presser. You can dial into the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and let your God speak because He says, lift up your eyes for I'm telling you, it's counter-cyclical, counter-season. But what God is about to do is going to be greater than what you could ever dream or imagine. And if you believe in the power of your God, why don't you give Him some praise right now? Lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes. I feel like God wants to supernaturally shake about 2,000 people in their seats right now and just say, no, 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 no. It's not gonna be just like that. It's gonna be more for you. I've got doors opening for you. Neighbours are gonna come to Christ. Miracles are going to happen. I'm gonna pour my favour on your business. You're gonna work against what you thought would happen. Marriages are coming back together. Tumours are leaving bodies. Backward teenagers are coming back to Christ. And New generation is awakening. God's about to birth something new upon the earth. This is the year of God's favor. If you believe it, why don't you give God a great shout of praise in every location, in your lounge room, make some noise. Lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes. Stand to your feet, every person, every campus, every person, every campus, stand to your feet right now. Band, musicians everywhere, come and join me. Come and join me, come and join me. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. There's a passage of Scripture in 2 Kings 6. We're in 13 before, now we're in 6. And Elisha the prophet has been helping out Jehoash by advising him of wherever the Aramean army is going to go. So the Aramean army would come down and they would just try and conquer a bit, take all the harvests, of one section of Israel. And God would speak to Elisha and he would say, go over there because that's where they're going to come. And before the Arameans got there, the Israelite army was already there and they kept kicking their butt. So the king of Aram is like, who is leaking our plans to the Israelites? And then word finally reaches him, it's not a person, it's a prophet. You didn't, I don't think you got it. How were they always ahead of the game? How were they always one step ahead? How did they know before it happened? How were they intuitively there before they should have been there in the natural? And the answer is a prophet. Lift up your eyes. God showed them before it could be naturally seen. That's God's Word over somebody fearful right now about their business, about their health. God can show you what you need before it naturally is apparent. That's the Word of the Lord. But anyway, the king of Aram is like, well, we gotta kill the prophet. So he sends his army and they surround the city where Elisha is. I, I think Elisha knew. In my mind, I think Elisha knew. And he's just sitting back and he's like, I'm not even gonna tell the king this time. I'm gonna have some fun. They wake up in the morning and the whole city is surrounded by this army. 
And Elisha's servant was the first out of bed. And he goes up on the wall of the city and he looks out and he can see the chariots and the horsemen, and the army and all of them surrounding the city. Anybody feeling surrounded? Anybody feel like it's just closing in? And the servant begins to freak out. And he says to Elisha, he's like, oh no, my Lord. Oh no, my Lord. Oh no, my Lord. What on earth is happening? And then in verse 16 of 2 Kings 6, Elisha says the most amazing thing. He says, those who are with us are more than are with them. What? You can imagine the servant going, oh no, he's, he's old. Maybe he's getting a little senile right now because clearly that army is bigger than the five bros we've got in the city right now. Like we are, we are in some serious trouble. He's, we're about to get taken down. And I think sometimes when we get to seasons like this, it's easy for us to feel exactly like the servant felt. Like more is going wrong than going right. There are more obstacles than opportunities, more opposition than there is open doors. The servant can't understand Elisha's perspective. He doesn't get it. He's like, what do you mean? There's more with us than there are with them. And so in 2 Kings 17, Elisha prays, and this is what he said. He said, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw the hills were surrounded with horses and chariots of fire as angelic hosts went to war on Israel's behalf. And I'm here to pray. I'm here to pray over you. I'm here to pray over your family, over your situation. Lord, open our eyes so that we may see that there are more with us than those who are against us, that greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world, that more powerful is the God we worship than the situations we find ourselves in. I'm here to tell you, God is powerful. God is able. God is greater. He's Jehovah. He's Jehovah Jireh. 